0: Hey guys, welcome back to Couples Chatting About Infertility. On this episode, I got the chance to talk with Michelle. Michelle is such an incredible human being, and I am just so excited to share this episode with you. She is no stranger to the infertility world. She has been through IVF and egg retrievals herself. She is an amazing mother and also an IVF support coach. We talk a lot about her work and what she does with her clients, why it's important to just make sure that your mindset and your mental is in check as you navigate the scary world of infertility, uh, especially while you're going through IVF. We talk about so many things that I hope that you'll be able to find helpful. I know for me, I felt like I was in a therapy session myself. So, Michelle, I am just so excited that we had the chance to do this, and I really hope you guys enjoy this one. Excited to have you here. I can't thank you enough for just coming to talk with me for a little bit.
1: Of course. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be
0: here. Oh, so I'd love to kind of just get started, maybe hear a little bit about who you are and your infertility journey, and we can kind of go from there. Yeah,
1: of course. So, my name is Michelle. We, gosh, where to start? I know. Uh, Yep. Yeah. So we got married in May of 2015, and we wanted a couple of years to just like do our own thing before we like really started trying. So in June of 2017, we finally decided, okay, let's take this IUD out. Let's see what happens. Let's try to grow our family. And of course, like I was equal parts like super excited and terrified.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was
1: like, we're gonna do what? Bring
0: yeah. a who into the
1: family? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I fully totally know how to myself yeah cool. like, <laughs> um so we started trying and it wasn't super long into it maybe a couple of months that my husband suspected that something was
0: wrong yeah so He was just
1: kind of like I don't think that this is gonna work like I think we're gonna need some help and I was like no we're just like not charting right like yeah. you know and at that point like I was peeing on the ovulation sticks. I had like my basal body temp thermometer yeah. like I was charting like yeah. it, was, it was like super intense yeah um of course, in the beginning, it was just like, let's just have sex. Yeah. Went, you know,
0: like, uh, yeah. Then he went
1: three fast and we were like, nope, no more. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. Found himself and he went and he got an over the counter test at the local pharmacy. Yeah. And it showed that his sperm was. Funky. Yeah. Um, and then he set up an appointment with the urologist. I didn't know any of this was happening. Wow. He got a semen analysis with the urologist to confirmed, like, yeah, the life numbers look really low. Yeah. You're going to want your wife to go get tested and just make sure there's something really on her end. And y'all are going to want to go talk to a reproductive endocrinologist.
0: Yeah.
1: So he basically just came home one day in the fall of 2017 and was like, yo, here's the number of a doctor you need to call. And I was like,
0: huh? Yeah. Like what do you mean? So,
1: yeah, it was one of those things where, in, in a lot of ways, I'm so grateful that he took the initiative yeah. and like took it upon himself because, if it had been up to me, like my denial would have stayed in check for a really long yeah. time, and we could have been trying for a year, two years before we even tried to see if anything was wrong.
0: Definitely. And it, Yeah, and I feel like that's so incredible, too, that it was him that just had, like, the inkling to be, like, maybe we should look into this more. Because I feel like usually it's the female that's, like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong? You know, something's wrong with me right away. So it's, like, that's so incredible that he just felt like that. And, you know, you guys ended up, like, then realizing a bunch of other things after, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So we basically started seeing an RE in February. So we had a couple months before we got in for our first appointment, yeah. got diagnosed with male factor and facility after we we tried to do an IUI simultaneously with the second scene analysis. Yeah. And, like, and I was like looking back, I'm like, why did we waste our time? I know. Yeah. But, you know, I feel the it's same like, way it's about- some of it was like we needed that time and space to really catch up with like, what was happening, what we were being told, what our reality was looking like. Yeah. So that by the point that the doctor was like, hey, like, IVF really is your, like, next best option, yeah. I was so, re- I was like, yes, I'm ready, Like, yeah. do this. This yeah. feels like the right next step for us. Yeah. Um, and so we did IVF, and as I'm sure you know, it's a super nerve-wracking yeah. process. Um, and there was there was a turning point for me, like, maybe a month or two before we started IVF where I was just like, I'm done with this journey of being as terrible as it is. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't go on with like our whole life being about infertility and IVF yeah. and feeling like I have to hide it from people. Yeah. And I don't even know why I'm hiding it from people. Right. Like, all of that. Um. so I started sharing my story yeah. um, in in April and we started IVF that July. Okay. Um. And in that time period, like, people started reaching out. And they started being like, hey, like, we're struggling, too. And I've never told anyone. Like, I've always been that friend for folks that people come to um, when they're just like, I'm struggling. I need advice, help. And so I share that because this is sort of, like, where that evolution into coaching started. like, a very early seed.
0: Um,
1: And so I continued to, like, be that support for some friends and friends of friends through... My own IVF journey, and it just gave me purpose and meaning to it. And yeah. um, we were really fortunate in that our first cycle worked, yeah. even though we only had one embryo. Wow. It made it through all of it. Wow. Um, and she became our miracle, and she's them too. So, That's amazing. Um, yeah, it was just, it was kind of crazy to see, like, how everything... Came together, even though there
0: was so much struggle and heartache, yeah, develop, yeah, and like lots of ups oh, and Oh, yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And sometimes I feel like when you kind of repeat your story back to yourself or somebody else, it seems like sometimes I get through it quickly and I'm like, it was way longer than that. It was much deeper than that. Just like you said, there were tons of ups and downs and highs and lows. So now your feelings kind of change really quickly from going from like, oh, we're carefree, we're young, we're having fun. Like, are we ready to really do this? And then by the time you guys had gone through all the testing, you were like, "Okay, I'm ready to have a child and you know start our family." Why do you think things changed so much for you, like just with that experience?
1: I I have always been one a little bit of a control freak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and two, I like the like fast track to what's that. Yeah. If you so right. if, like, someone tells me, hey, with this, you have a 60% chance of this working versus, yeah. like, if you keep trying on your own, it's, like, you know, hovering about 1% to 3%. Yeah. I'm a big math person, and I'm, like, that math sounds a lot better. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um And, like I said, I was just so done with, like, the roller coaster, and I had really processed and moved past, like, hey, we're not going to get pregnant on our own right now. Like, yes, there's a chance that we could, but yeah. our numbers are so terrible that, that it could be. Yeah. Right, like before that happens. And I think something else that was really touching for me is that um I had a really close family member open up to me that they had struggled with infertility. And this was like before like treatments were like even a thing. And it took eleven years for them to ultimately get pregnant again, even though they got pregnant really quickly the first time. And there was something so beautiful about like one having that connection, but two, I was like, I'm not willing to like wait, right? Like to
0: Yeah.
1: Or infertility treatment. So I was like, cool, I'm going to do this thing over here, and
0: I'm going to go live my life over here. That's so. So definitely now were you always close with your sister because I can only imagine how hard that would be yeah
1: yeah so it's funny it's like we used to share a room growing up and we used to like fight it all the time but like like it was always like family first so yeah. it's like you put all those things aside and like that's your person so like anytime like I need somebody to just talk me down from my ledge like my sister's the person that yeah that's kind of funny how things have evolved over the years because, yeah like when they're like my dad used to there are going to be two old babies sitting on a
0: fantasy <laughs> <laughs> dream if you don't get it
1: together. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if we didn't share a room, we wouldn't have as many problems. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, she's definitely, like, become my person. Yeah, not, right? yeah. It's fun like, now to share, like, parenthood with her. And, definitely. Like, all the things.
0: Definitely. Now, you said something else that was, like, interesting to me. And you mm-hmm. mentioned, like, not letting it consume you and take over mm-hmm. your life. And I feel like it's so hard to not let it because usually it's like if you're getting to IVF, I feel like most of the time like you've been trying other things before that, you know? And your journey has probably been long in itself. So it's like, you're kind of ready for that, and you realize, like, it can consume you if you let it, you know? I definitely let it consume me. How were you so relaxed about it? Because I love that about you. You seem so positive all the time, and we're all normal, and we all have our days, but, like, how did you even let that happen where you were, like, so in control the whole time like that?
1: Mm, I wouldn't, like, so, I just want to say, like, I wouldn't say, like, I was so in control the whole time because there were definitely days, right, where, like... I would just, like, lose it on my husband (laughs) and be, like, don't know where that came from. sorry. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, there were definitely, like, really stressful moments. Like, I remember waiting for the call from the, like, embryologist, and I was, like, in a hotel room on, like, a work trip, and I was in a room with, like, a girl that I'd been connected to for, like, I don't know, maybe a year, but, like this was the first time, like, maybe the second time that we had, like, interacted in person, so it was, like, a really, like, personal thing, so there were definitely moments where I was, like, you know, in that grip of anxiety, but I think for me, like, it was about realizing that, like, those could just be those moments, like, it didn't have to be me worrying about the next thing and the next thing, and sometimes it was just, like, perspective, too, like, when I got the call that I was told, like, hey, like, only one of your two embryos came back normal, I didn't spend, like, there was a Part of me that, like, grieved the, like, embryo that didn't make it right, like, we know it was a little boy, and it was, like, sad to, like, think, like, oh, like, you know, we're never going to meet that little boy, yeah. Um, but I didn't spend time and energy on it beyond that, I just kind of, like, honored it, and then was, like, all right, this, this little embryo, this little girl, like, she's it, right, yeah. like, we're gonna put all of our energy into just, like, yeah. celebrating this milestone that we have this normal embryo, like, it might sound crazy but like we used to talk about like her in the lab and like we used to joke that she was like dancing with the other embryos yeah and it's, that's like so cute a very scary thing for a lot of folks to like you know do that right because you don't want to be wrong right yeah. on the other end of things but what I learned is like I'm the only one that gets to make myself wrong about that yeah like I can be however I want to be in the moment and yeah. I also think too it's important to not force anything because yeah. I've, I've talked to a lot of clients too who are like I just don't feel like super positive and excited yeah. and like why do you feel like you have to yeah like what like all I want you to do is feel calm yeah right? like you know there's like those that two those two kind of versions it's like one they like anxious like constant spiral nice. all the all the thoughts and it feels tense and it's like oh you know like it's like nails on a chalkboard oh my god and then there's another version where it's like yes, things come and go, but it's like, you just, you just are in a place of, like, trust, yeah, um, and that's, like, a much more centered, grounded place, and it's not that you don't leave that place, but you can always come back to it, yeah, Um.
0: I like and that, and so for
1: me, like, I chose to be in that place, and yeah. I, I will say, like, at first, it was a really active decision of, like, I refuse to let this journey be this way anymore. And yeah. some of the things that I did to like help with that is like, I had other things that I was excited about in my life that I was like focused on. Um, I like, wasn't like, Oh, my next chapter starts here. I was yeah. like, no, my chapter is now like my life is happening now. Yes. Um, setting boundaries with the internet was really huge about that too. I spent a lot of time down the Google rabbit hole and I yep. tell folks like, get off.
0: <laughs> yep. You know? Oh my God
1: you know as much as I love the infertility community like even spending too much time like on Instagram or on the Facebook groups like it just it can get really heavy yeah and you can start like I'm such an empath and so you can start to absorb yes. all those things without even realizing yes. it. yes um and then you feel like you should feel bad about your own journey or you should feel scared yeah. and then you just like yeah yeah do all the things I yes. other too was realizing like I don't have life yeah like I can also be happy and that was something that I think I learned from that call with my sister because in that moment I was overjoyed because I was about to have a niece or a nephew yeah. like for the very first time that was so exciting um but I was also crushed because all the like why me like yeah. am i being punished like how come this is happening like she didn't she wasn't even expecting this meanwhile we've been like doing yeah. all the things right yeah um and I think too a lot of it was just realizing that negative self talk that was happening. Yeah. And being like, nah girl, we done with it.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> which is a which is a process. Like I don't want to say like, oh, it just happened overnight. Who did it? Like yeah. we had three or four months after that phone call to continue for me to like evolve and work on this. Yeah. Um and so yeah, that it's just like, you know, a lot of it was just saying hey this is a really hard season I'm gonna see this as an opportunity for learning and I'm gonna let it show me all the things in my life that could be better and I'm gonna work towards those so that you know someday when we are blessed with our miracle like we can just enjoy it right like you know and I can take the bumps of pregnancy and motherhood and all that more easily because as I always tell my clients I'm like it doesn't get easier like if you don't do the work now yeah like You'll be anxious your entire pregnancy. You'll be anxious your yes. entire, like, of your yes. Like, it never
0: stops. Yes. So, oh, um, my goodness. You're yeah, so right.
1: Yeah, really <laughs> that was a really long... That was a really long...
0: I year. am just like, you are so amazing. And I wish I would have met you a few years ago because I just needed you so badly. And I feel like so... I'm so interested in what you do. And I see how it's just like been so key in like your own journey in itself and you've just said so many things that like have really hit home with me and one of them is just even like with your sister and it's like being happy it's hard and I think that people would agree like being happy for people who are close to you that get pregnant easily they get pregnant without trying and then they share it like in detail and you're just like oh my god you're crushed inside you know and it it's tough you like navigating that you know you also just mentioned something that i feel like is so calming to me which is like it seems like you're big on just accepting almost like what is and the moment and kind of focusing on making the most from it instead of allowing the anxiety to take over and all of the bad things that can happen and all of the reasons why it won't work because it's just so easy to like let all of that consume you you know mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. when I think about it in terms of like you know it's funny because in other aspects of our life we're already doing that so I like think about the fact that like you know, my partner Ori, like, if I spent all of my days worried about, like, is this going to be my last day with him? Is this going to be my last day with him? Yeah. I would be a crazy person. Yeah. Like, that would, that would just totally wreck me, and I feel like yeah. we do that same thing with our infertility journey, where, like, it's day the day, it's day the day, it's day of the day. Yep. And it's, like, that will drive you nuts, because you're literally, like, watching paint driving. Yes. Um. Whereas I'm just, like, okay, great, we're going to sit on the couch, we're going to have a great night together, we're going to, like, yeah. enjoy this, like, Netflix, you know, like, yeah. It's just a it's so, so some of it too is realizing like what am I, how am I doing this in other aspects of the life? And how can I apply
0: that? Yeah. To this
1: hard season.
0: Yeah, and it's hard too because you know, you mentioned like being a control freak and I'm just like that myself. It's like you like to kind of be able to manage everything and when things mm-hmm. are out of your control, it feels so unsettling and then it can bring on anxiety and just all the worries and stuff. And so it's like figuring out how to manage and navigate that, especially when it comes to IVF, because I feel like it's so easy to let every little thing, like once you get that calendar and you have everything laid out in front of you, you're like, okay, the timing, I'm going to control, you know, the timing of my injections, like when I take this pill, when I take that pill, and then you literally let every single step kind of like take over, and you find yourself waiting for that phone call or waiting for the results, and it's it's hard to you know balance other things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so real, and it's funny that you talked about the calendar because so one of my like, big things is that folks like find a clinic that they feel really good about because I think that is like the foundational starting point. Because not all clinics are created equal, like not yeah. all doctors are created equal. Yeah. As much as I appreciate medicine, like. I have had clients who have had vastly different experiences from each other, from me. Yeah. Um, I got really lucky that our local clinic, who we got referred to by the urologist that my husband saw, like, was amazing and is amazing, and and actually, they never handed me, like, a full calendar. I only got, like, snippets of the process, which, you know, in some ways, like, at some point, I remember asking the nurse, I was like, hey, like, you know, at some point, like, do I see it? And she was like... Uh, it's a lot of information, like, we really prefer to take you all step by step through the wow. process, and and I, I don't know if I was just in a really good place, and I was like, cool, okay, I'm just gonna, like, let that one go, and yeah. I'm gonna focus on, like, the actual steps that I have, yeah. as opposed to, like, worrying about what happens in the future, yeah. and so what I did was figure out, like, okay, this is gonna be about a three-month process, like, it tamperes that expectation, yeah, but then otherwise I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait for my next step. I'm going to wait for my next step. And I Mm -hmm. think that that is so helpful, even when you have a full calendar, to just focus on the next step as opposed to... Three four
0: steps down the road, yeah. No, you're totally right, that's such a good point. Now, do you feel like once so you got pregnant on your first cycle? Now, did you guys do a fresh cycle or a frozen transfer?
1: So, we did a frozen transfer, we did PGS testing. Um, my clinic recommended so we did um, ICSI because of a malfactor in yeah. fertility. Um, we did PGS testing. Um, my clinic basically. Solely does frozen embryo transfers it's yeah. just like the process that they have really perfected as yeah. a bread and butter and it was like a six week yeah. long like runway lead up <laughs> which I know some folks cycles are much faster but theirs was like the good slow burn yeah. but it actually worked out perfectly because that first cycle I also work in higher education and that August season is a really crazy time of the like year for us yeah. it's like long days, nights, weekends, and so I was basically just on my, like, Lupron estrogen protocol throughout that period, and it was so nice, because I had that distraction to focus on, and I knew that I was doing everything that I needed to do otherwise, and then, like, once I came out of that, we were able to go into our transfer, and I was, like, much more relaxed, I was past that, like, crazy hump, and it, like, I'm a big believer that, like, even though it doesn't feel like it, it literally always works out. Like, it's it's kind of insane. And my daughter ended up being born in June, which was amazing, because then I had the three months of summer before we came back for the school year, and so it was just, like, it it really did work out
0: yeah see and it's so weird and I feel like some people you know and of course it's hard when you know you hear certain things like oh everything happens how it's supposed to or you know because that's not always the case but it is then sometimes and I really truly believe that too and it's weird because you don't realize it all the time but then there's little things that happen like even with my son like I look at him and I'm like I can't imagine if the first one two or three worked out and he wasn't here you know that's one feeling I have and then the other feeling I have is just like you being in education like our other ones didn't work and they were literally so devastating and crushing but then I look at his birth and how it helped me get a little bit longer maternity leave because it was attached to the summer and you do because then I was like oh my god I can't imagine if I would have had to leave him at like eight weeks old you know so it is weird but you're able to kind of make the most of you know like you said like kind of what you're given in the moment even though it doesn't always feel like it and it feels like sometimes you're just going through the swamp.
1: mm mm-hmm, Mhm. 100%. And I think the thing with like the advice too is like I I actually think that a lot of the advice isn't wrong, but it's always at the wrong time. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, nobody wants to hear like, yep. you know, when you're in like the thick of your infertility treatment and someone just were to walk up to you and be like everything's going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: terrible, And I'm yes. like, Who yes. like, Why are you? Like, te- why are you telling you know, like why are you telling me? Yes. Like, I think some of it is us having to like decide and say, like, nope, I'm gonna like assign a positive meaning to this mm-hmm. experience because it's gonna save my sanity, basically. Yes. Which yes. is like very different than someone else telling me how I should feel or how I should yes. perceive something. Yeah. And so a lot of it is figuring out like what works for you and for me holding on to that belief of like everything in my life to this day has always worked out perfectly. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it's been easy yes. or it's gone how I thought it was going to go. Yeah. But when I look back on it, I can literally find, like, a justification for, like, oh, this, like, this timing yeah. was amazing. Yeah, or, like, um, this helps me. And that's a belief that I personally hold on to. So I think it's so helpful to find out, like, what is that belief that you believe about your life that's going to help you get through this, that you have proof from other aspects of your life that, like, this always
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh my God, you are so amazing. So now did you have, do you feel like your pregnancy because of the mindset that you were able to kind of really, you know, gather up to take you through your journey? And do you feel like your pregnancy wasn't, you know, because I think that's something else that's important is like pregnancy isn't always easy after infertility.
1: Yeah, I would say that overall, my pregnancy with Milo was actually pretty easy, and it's funny, because I think a lot of that was, like, mindset-related, too. Um, It's weird, because it's, like, you sort of, you hear these stories of women who love pregnancy and are obsessed with pregnancy, and I liked a lot of parts of being pregnant, but, like, pregnancy wasn't necessarily my favorite part of the journey. Like, I like having my body, like, I'm a control person, like, it was weird to share it with another human even though it was like a beautiful amazing gift of an experience that yeah. obviously like bonded me with her before she arrived right. um and so there was like a little bit of that of like you know dealing with like your body changes yes. and you're like why do I know none of my clothes yes. fit like this doesn't this isn't yes. me who is this yeah um but also like I um ended up having spotting throughout my first trimester which was also really terrifying oh, which sure. now like looking back um, I have since learned that the medication, I was on Endometrin, I think, yeah. um, can actually cause spotting okay. in like a certain number of people taking it, um, which I didn't know at the time. Yeah. Um, so it was, that was, you know, terrifying and it yeah. started at five weeks. And so I was just like, sort of like bracing myself, like, am I going to lose this baby? Like what's happening? Yeah. Um, and I tried not to like worry about it beyond the moments where the spotting was actually happening because again, it didn't serve me to viral about it but um it definitely made the first trimester a little more terrifying you definitely had a couple extra ultrasounds because of it I had another beta because of it yeah um and then but once we got past that first um trimester I stopped taking my medications it stopped and everything was like pretty normal from there on out okay. so um fortunately that kind of turned around but yeah it's definitely like you know I think it's easy to believe like oh pregnancy will yes. be easy everything will be great and it's yes. like there are a lot of things that are not easy, yes. right? And especially if you've experienced loss, like pregnancy can be terrifying. I know a lot for a lot of my clients, like when they do get pregnant, their brain is still in, like, I'm infertile land. Yeah. Like, yes. trying to get on board. Yes. Like, no, now we're pregnant. Like, we're not infert. Well, we are infertile, maybe. We still have our diagnosis, right? Like, it's medical, yep. it never goes away, but like, you're, you're pregnant now. Yeah. So it's like, and it's almost yeah, there's, like, there's like a,
0: yeah, and it's, like, acknowledging the fact, like, I feel like when people that go through infertility for so long, and they go through failed treatments, it's, like, acknowledging the fact that, like, allowing your mind to let your, you know, entire body believe, like, oh, I'm actually pregnant now, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: actually, I was talking to a client about this the other day, and I... I you know, think that this is, like, a really important reminder for all of us, like, it's easy to believe that each transfer or month in the cycle, like, you know, is indicative of what comes next, and so if you have, and you may have had this experience, like, if you have several failed transfers, it's easy for your brain to be like, well, this one's not going to work either, and it's like, no, this, this doesn't have anything to do with the others, as hard as that is to, like, you know, pull yes. our brains out of that. But, like, yes. there's something so freeing about being like, nope, this is actually a new, fresh chance, and yeah. we have more information now. Yes. Right, like, that's why we're doing this again. And that's why the doctor, too, is so important in, like, the clinic that you choose. Yeah. Like, your doctor is just doing the same thing over and over and over again, and there's not new pieces or exploration happening, and there's no learning yeah. occurring. It's, you might as well be, like, banging your head against a wall yes. and being like, well, I hope, like, this this time it works, and yes. it's like, no, 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 Yeah. Um, but I do think that that, like, realization of, like, these things are not correlated, even though they inform the next is, like, really, I think, a helpful Yes. Thing
0: yes. To yes. remember. Yeah, and I just love hearing that, because I feel like, just, even from my own experience, you do, like, and I feel like I'm sure you see this with your clients, but, like, And that's why they're probably seeing you in the first place, but you can become consumed by all of the negative things and the things that can go wrong. And then, like, the trauma that builds up from things that have happened, whether it's a miscarriage or, you know, a failed transfer, and it's hard to, like, your mind starts to literally just take over, and that's hard. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what
1: I do, like, with my clients, you know, other than giving them to be able to, like, pull their minds out of yeah. that, like, spiral is, is normalizing some of this for them, too, of, like, hey, it's okay that, like, your brain and body freaked out when you went through the yeah. transfer, you know, because you had such a traumatic experience yeah. with the last one, like, it is okay that yeah. you weren't, like, overjoyed, and this was. you know, like, it, it's okay where you are, yes. and then you get to decide kind of, like, what comes
0: next. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. I just love that. So now, after you had your daughter, did you have the itch right away? Like, did you feel like, oh my gosh, like, I know I want more kids, so I want to go through IVF and do this whole thing over again? Were you kind of ready to, like, jump right back to it?
1: I actually... (laughs) <laughs> do IVF ever again, like you know, like we're you know, and it's funny because like we still have male factor until yeah. like our chances of getting pregnant are still yeah. pretty slim. Um, and um, yeah, I just was I decided to live in this like blissful ignorance state where yeah. we were going to be like one of those miracle changes yeah. where we just got randomly pregnant yeah. on our own, um, and we were gonna have to do this whole thing, yeah, <laughs> uh, that turned yeah. out to not be the case, for yeah, us. I know. <laughs> Um, but I was in such a different headspace when we started our AV journey the second time.
0: Yeah.
1: Like like so so different. And some of that is like you know I knew what to expect with the process. I was just in a totally different mindset. Like working with clients means that I have to do my own work, yes. right? To be able to serve them. Like if I don't do deal with my ish, like yes, I'm I'm just gonna hurt yes. them at the end of the day. Right. Um, And so even though there were definitely, like, hard moments in this experience and cycle and all that, like, I still had the random outbursts sometimes because we're human. And I think that's so important to share of, like, yes, I still randomly cry sometimes. I still randomly yell at my husband and then, like, I'm "I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, Like, just because I'm generally, like, a happy, joyful person doesn't mean I don't lose it sometimes. Um, And I think that that's so important because I think it's so easy to be like, oh, she's just so happy all the time. So, like. Our life must just be good. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not perfect. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. It's yeah. part of the human experience. It's yes. <laughs> what makes us, yeah. you know, connect. It's, like, what brings that connection. Um, And, like, I think when we measure ourselves against, like, you know, and I, I try to be really genuine and authentic, too, like, at in my yeah. Instagram with this kind of stuff, too, because I, I think when we just measure ourselves against highlight reels, like... Yeah. It's just so easy to go sit down and like beat yourself
0: up about it. afterwards. And like Um, you said, it can get heavy at times. It can get really heavy as great as the support is. And I, I found so much just help and healing and connecting with so many amazing people. It can it can feel overwhelming. And so it is it's like finding that balance where you're still able to work on yourself and like be the best version, you know, that you're trying to be every day.
1: Mm-hmm. And I found, too, like, the more voices that you let into that process, the harder it is to find out who that best version of you is. Yeah. Um, and there may be, like, you know, one of the things that's really helpful is, like, going through your social media and really getting a gut check of, like, does following this person, like, actually inspire or, like, lift me up? Or does it make me question myself or my journey or the size of my house or, like, you know, yep. and it's it's like you may really appreciate that this person's sharing. You may really like them, but yes. if you're down, it's like causing all that anxiety yes. and like insecurity to ruffle up. And if that's where your gut goes, that's a person that you want to mute or yes. unfollow, and just like give yourself space from. And yes. it's okay that like it could be your best friend, right? Like, but it's like yes. sometimes we just need that that space. Yeah. Um, and and so I think that that's like a really helpful exercise for folks to do, like that gut check of like, is this person actually serving me right now? And it's not like, it's not about, it's not a statement on whether the person's like a good person or anything
0: like that. Yeah, no, I love that. And it is. And sometimes it's so easy because it's like just about kind of being aware of, how things affect you and I know for me sometimes because I didn't always address certain triggers and I would let things build up instead of maybe handling it and processing it it's like learning how to really identify like what it is that might help you and what it is that might be bringing you down mm-hmm. yeah
1: and I, I will say too like because I, I that was so me like with my feelings um, especially the first time on this journey. Like, yeah. I just kind of tried to ignore them and pretend like they weren't there. And, like, that's where that, you know, the toxic positivity that you hear about. You're like, everything's great, it's fine. It's yeah. like the house is on fire. <laughs> um, and, and like, all that does is just, like, almost, like, build up it up, like, Yes. and deeper so the explosions <clears throat> like are harder and like faster and you really don't know where they're coming from yeah. um and I like to um compare it to like the fear that you might have with like the shots um for like IVF like there's so much anticipation that goes into that first shot you're like am I gonna do this right like yeah. and then when you actually start doing the shots you're like okay these really aren't that bad and it's like yeah, they might hurt some days, or they might, like, bruise some days, or there might be some that, like, burn, but, like, it's a very small fleeting moment, whereas in your brain it was, like, you know, Mm -hmm. this huge thing, and I found that that's really true for a lot of emotions we feel in this process in Dreamy, too, and, like, there's something so amazing that happens when we give ourselves space to just, like, feel what we're feeling and lean into that fear and see what it's trying to show us or teach us yeah. as opposed to fighting it or shoving it in a box. And for me, like, one of the biggest lessons I learned from my own journey was, like, I was depending on external factors to give me happiness. Yes. And, and like, things had worked out relatively well in a lot of parts of my life, so that was working for me mm-hmm. until it wasn't. Yeah. And it was, like, this huge light that was shined on that, yeah. and I was, like, oh, yeah. this is me this isn't going to work
0: well Yes, yes. Talk to me more about that because I feel like that's so important.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I think, like, one of the biggest gifts of these hard seasons is the fact that, like, it shines the light on, like, where the gaps are, or what you might be really struggling with. Yeah. Um, and this is something that I'm really big on because, like I said, my gap was, like, external factors yes. were going to make me happy. So, like, having a baby... Once I had a baby, I would be happy. All of this would go away. I wouldn't be, you know, worried about the basal body temperature or whatever. But what I didn't realize is, like, all of these feelings carry with you no matter what season you're in. And and I've talked to folks who, you know, literally years into having kids, like, are still triggered by things like pregnancy announcements or still a cathartic release and sharing their own infertility stories because they just hadn't really done a whole lot of that. Yeah. Um and I I think we don't realize like how much we carry that with us. Yes. Um I was working with a client um a couple weeks ago and she came to the session and shared something that she'd been carrying for like thirty years and obviously it was not infertility related. And she's like, I was finally able to let it go. Yeah. You know, realize that I still had a lot of like charged emotion around that. And I think one of the best ways to like have a gauge on that is like when you're talking about something is it really emotionally charged or are you like pretty calm and neutral about yeah. it so like um and that is a good like indicator of like there's something to be unpacked here versus yeah. like nah this like really isn't like you know like I'm in a good space with yes. this i like I've actually let it go and made peace with it yes. um,
0: I feel like that's, you're right, and I feel like so much of what you say just hits home with me so deeply because it is so important to acknowledge that, like, pregnancy and baby don't magically make everything disappear. And everybody's journey looks different, and everybody goes through their own heartaches and failures and losses that are devastating to them. But if you don't take the time to, like, address them and work through them, I have found even still now with my son being a year and a half, I'm still working through so much because of things that I didn't do back then that maybe I could have done better. And then sometimes you're like, okay, I got to give myself a break. Like, I did such a good job. I'm so strong. Like, I've got this. I know I can do it. But you do. You realize that, like, infertility is something that really carries with you forever and it is it's all kind of about your mindset and the way that you're able to look at it and the way that you're able to look at your life that help you get through the journey as best as you can as shitty as it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah a hundred percent and I think
1: like the biggest thing is like be where you are right like I think it's it's so easy to feel like we should do so many things. Like. I should be taking advantage of the season. I should be feeling happy. I should be getting support. I should be, I should be. And it's yeah. like, like you need to get to a place where you decide that for yourself and you're yeah. doing it for you and not because the world tells you or, you know, like, like, you know, deep down when you're like ready for that. Yes. For that, like leap of faith, if yes. you will. Um, and ready doesn't necessarily always feel like peacefully and calmly entering into this like new space because yeah. when you do decide to like, Change how you're going to see this journey. There's a lot of stuff that's going to come up, right? Like it's going to be scary. You're challenging like who you've been yeah. to become this like next level version of you, and that's like asking you to leave your comfort zone. Yes. And it's going to bring up some like icky, sticky stuff. And yes. you're kind of like, oh, do I really want to do this? And so it's like, easy to like want to retreat back into that space. Yes. And so I share that to say, like, when you've made that decision, it's so normal to feel like, wait, everything is kind of falling apart again. But it's like falling apart to. Fall
0: yes no you're so right and it's like change is so weird and it's like hard and we really fight it and again it's like that control thing but at the same time Mm -hmm. it is it's like it's so necessary for bettering ourselves and evolving to be able to make the most out of it and you know just have the life that like we deserve
1: Mm -hmm. and the other thing too is like You know, I'm not the same person I was when I was 10, and I'm not the same person I was when I was 20. Like, I'm not even the same person I was when I was 30. And it's like, you know, like, all of that requires you to engage in things that challenge you to evolve and change. And I I know plenty of adults who basically get to a point in their life and they get stuck there. And they say, like, I can't do insert all the things they can't do, right? Like I can't change my job, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do that. Um and those are all things that just like put you stuck in like who you are in that moment. And then you go live the next 30, 40, 50 years of your life like as that person. Yeah. Um and for me that's like a that's like the most terrifying thing ever. Like I'm like, no, I always want to be like a little bit better. Like I want every day to like help me grow and improve. And some of that now is like I want to model that for my daughter. Like, yeah. I don't want her to be like looking at me, being like, "Well, I mean, I joke that I'm probably going to screw up in some way <laughs> because that's parenting." But like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want you to like look at me and then go, "Well, mom never did this," so yep. like,
0: yeah, too bad
1: for me. And yes. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yes. You know,
0: like, yes, it's like we. And yeah, that's wanna... also
1: now a huge driving factor for me. But like, this was there before yeah. her too, and just like realizing that was a big part of me, and like leaning into that. was yes. all
0: you. Yes. So now how did you get to this space and this place that you're in? How did you get here?
1: Yeah, um, it's really funny. So some of it started with, I actually, like, (laughs) when I was going through my infertility treatments, the first time around, I like ended up getting a really big focus on like health and fitness. I actually like joined like a community of women that were like really focused on that and personal development was like a huge part of it. And so like, they were always encouraging us to like read books and like do these things. And I was like, oh, like, I'm just going to like do this because this seems nice. And so I just got really consistent and into that. Yeah. And honestly, that was like the catalyst boost for the mindset work, um, that like, you know, led me down the rabbit hole, yeah. like coaching and personal development and yeah. just like self-improvement and personal growth and all of that. Yeah. And it started with like, ten, you know, like 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Um,
0: So, yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I'm just so interested in what you do. And I just, I can't even thank you enough just for sharing so much about it because I feel like it's so important for people to hear your voice and your perspective because it really can change things. And sometimes, like I said, like, it's easy to let the negative just drown you, especially when you've been going through it for months that have turned into years, you know, you feel like, and you truly start to tell yourself, like, it's never going to work out for me, like, I'm never going to get pregnant, I'm never, like you said, all the things that you can fit into that box, like, I'm never going to have or be this, you know, and it is, but it's so important to just hear that, like, you can find a way to change your mindset around it to at least, it doesn't change, like, how shitty it is. It doesn't change how hard things are, but it at least can help you, like, navigate it so much better.
1: Yeah, and I think my, like, biggest goal with my clients and working with them is, like, to get them to a space where they truly believe that no matter what happens on this journey, like, they're going to be okay. Yeah. And I think that's such a, like, you know, that place of peace of, like, I'm going to be okay no matter what happens here, and I'm still going to live this, like, amazing, beautiful life, like, you know, like, and I have the ability to control that, Yes,
0: And I think that sometimes, too, like, do you ever talk to any of your clients about, like, sometimes what we originally or initially, like, think the outcome might be or what we really want, like, that can change, too, like, your end goal can change, and that's okay.
1: breaks in this process are so important and they can be permanent or even like deciding to change course like right like you know maybe it's looking into donor sperm or donor eggs or adoption and like I don't think that any of those should ever be like like default I think it's really important for it to be an intentional decision that you make where you're like no this feels like the right next step for me but I think one of the biggest things is evaluating like why um this is so important to you and I that's a question I ask a lot of folks before I start working with them and it's always interesting to see like it's a hard question to answer yeah. like why why is having a baby so important to yes. you yes um and then when you start to vocalize that you realize like what's actually important like do yes. you just want a human that you can like love yeah The like is the like you know biological component yes. really important to you is you being pregnant really important to you yeah. like it just, it tells you so much about what yes. options might actually be a good fit yes. for you. Um, and also, like, make sure that, like, you're making this choice because of you. Because I think it's so easy to just, like, grow up and be like, okay, like, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have a family. Like, yeah. and it's just, you end up in, in, like, in your Facebook feed, right, is, like, all the people, like, we bought a house. We got a dog. We did this. We did to this and you're like, oh, that's my next milestone. <laughs> right. But it's like we never stop to ask ourselves, like, do I actually want that? Yes. Like, is that me? Yes. Um. And so I think it's a beautiful thing when we give ourselves space to even ask, like, why am yes. I going through this? Yes. Like, do I really want this? Yes. And it's always like permission to always change your mind. Yes.
0: Yeah. Now, what would you say is like the best part of working with your clients?
1: Um. It's just. Just really fun, honestly, to like watch them go through this journey and not only like the infertility part because that can be really hard at times, but it's just like watching the conversations evolve over our our sessions together and like when they genuinely get to a good place. Where, like, I just I'm joking that I graduated a client, but like, I just finished um, like a series of sessions with a client, and it's like we like. He was in such a good place, yeah. and as bittersweet as that was for me to be like, I just want to do uh-huh. you, yeah. Like, I knew that I had done what I came
0: to do with yes.
1: her because she was like totally set up to just go thrive on the journey on her own. Yeah, she, she's not done with her process, it's not like you know, sometimes it's a clean, like, yay, they got pregnant at the end, and sometimes it's nope, I just we got you through some waiting periods, yeah, and you're ready to go through that next step. Yeah, and I think that's important to share too because I think. easy to think, oh, everybody's story like ties up perfectly and has this happy ending. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Like sometimes you're still in the messy middle, but you're in such a different headspace that it feels like in our conversation the other day, she literally was like, I just I feel like I'm starting over again. And it's so refreshing because I feel like in my hope and in where I'm at, even though she's had several failed answers previously. So yeah. Um that's definitely like my favorite part is just like watching them come into this like place just like yeah empowerment and wisdom and peace and I'm just like oh this is so beautiful yeah.
0: yeah and see that's what I just love what you do because I feel like it's something that is so easily overlooked when you're going through infertility is like making sure you keep up here okay and that's just your mental sanity your mental clarity just everything because it's easy everything else around you is kind of slowly starting to crumble and become affected you know you're giving yourself shots all the all the time your sex life changes your relationship is changing because you're talking about it all the time and so it's easy to kind of just let your mental go and I feel like that's why I'm just so inspired by what you do because it's really helping women make sure that they keep that in check and it sounds like giving them the tools that they need giving them the support that they need to know like I know this is how you're feeling right now. It's okay to feel like that, but, like, you're going to get through today. Everything's going to be okay, yeah. and, you know, we're going to pick ourselves back up and keep uh-huh. going to tomorrow. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and sometimes that's, like, them borrowing my beliefs about them, right? It's sometimes yeah. them, that's them, like, coming into their own about that for sure.
0: Yeah, now I'm sure you have bad days. So, like, how do you get through your bad days? Because it's hard to always be able to look at the glass half full or feel like so how do you get through on you know your days
1: yeah um for me like a lot of it is I have a morning routine that's really just like helpful for me to start my day like super grounded um I never was a big journaler growing up like my my journals from like when I was younger like I was always really worried about like does everything look good, like yeah. is it pretty, like again the like
0: the neat hand handwriting,
1: perfectionist through and through. If so yeah. I wouldn't just write down what I was thinking because I was almost too scared to like face the thoughts in my head, <laughs> and then I realized like, girl, it don't matter. It's so important to like process whatever's happening. Yeah. So um, journaling's become a huge part of that. Um, mm. You know, gratitude practice, um, and like once you get into a consistent routine, it almost becomes, like, working out, like, it becomes easier, and it's easier to, like, maintain, yeah. but if you, like, do it sometimes, and you stop, then it's, like, you know, it's harder to start up with the workout yeah. routine again, right, yeah. like, you're, like, oh, like, I, my body doesn't feel as good anymore, and it's, like, well, yeah, you stopped, you stopped working out, or you stopped eating healthy, or, like, whatever you were doing that was, like, feeling really that, and our minds are the exact same way, yeah. so, like, um, that's why a lot of my focus on my clients is not just helping them get tools, so that, like, the moment but it's like hey I want you to be able to take this and go apply it yourself and yes. by the end of our time like our conversation changes to like how are you building these things into your daily habits yeah. so that we both know that when you leave here you're gonna keep up with it, not yes. because like you have to like report to me right and tell me like how this week went yes um and that that part is really helpful and that's been huge for me yeah. um so like I, I I have I have more bad moments than I have bad days
0: yeah that's good that's good and I feel like it's so important to acknowledge that too and like to I feel like sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves, and it's like it's okay to have a bad moment like it's okay to you know like completely handle something wrong and then look back like two minutes later like oh my god why did I do that or like why did I even allow myself to think that way or feel that and then you can start to feel so guilty and it's like it's better to just, like, accept the fact, like, it's okay. Like, that's normal. Like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think the biggest thing in all of that is going back to that conversation we had earlier about making ourselves wrong. Like, you know, when I... I mean, I'm human. I make mistakes. I do things that I'm like, ooh, wish I hadn't said that. Or, yeah. like, you know, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> and I know that at the end of the day, like, I get to decide if I beat myself up about that or not. Yeah. Um, and so typically, like, I... And, like, there I'll catch myself, but a lot of it, too, is, like, you know, it, what might have taken me a week of, like, wallowing in sad music, yeah. <laughs> like, now is, like, a matter of days or a matter of hours, depending on what it was, yeah. or, like, sometimes it's, like, I'm just going to go to sleep and see how I feel about yes. this tomorrow, right like, I don't yes. have to solve this right now, Yeah. I also have an obsession with, like, problems must be fixed in the moment, yeah. and It's like, do you just need to walk away for yes. a little bit, like, I was telling someone the other day, I can't remember where, maybe it was a p I don't know. Anyhow, yeah. it was this concept of like when we hold on to something so tightly, like literally nothing for us. Yes. <laughs> right? Like we just need to we kind of choke everything to yes. death. And so when we can like let go a little bit and just stand back. Yes. And this is true for our infertility journey, it's true for our lives, it's true for our relationships with our yes. partners. Like there's just some magic like you need to give the universe
0: space and time to like yes yes and it's like as hard as it is it makes you feel so much better when you just take a minute to as much because I can relate to that so much and I laugh now because I'm definitely a little bit different having my own baby now it's like things that I used to want done right away or I didn't like to leave anything unfinished and I always like you know the, a clean it's like now I'll let you know his laundry sit for a day. Things like you kind of let things go but in a way it almost feels so good that you're not holding on to you know all the little things that might have you know allowed you to like control those moments and it feels good like to let the laundry sit or it feels good to like put the cleaning off for a few days and just do you you know yeah and I think that that, that do you piece is so important
1: because I think it's one of the like best lessons that this infertility journey can teach us is like we're so focused on this baby that we forget about ourselves but like you should be first and foremost in this process like I truly believe that that's what like the emotional support can do is like remind you of like hey if you don't put yourself first like the baby will never like satisfy whatever desire you have right and you will continue to live your life in this way where you're always pouring from an empty up. yes, um, and so there's it's not selfish to take care of yourself, yeah. and do things for you, and to prioritize like taking a nap, over folding the laundry, yes. like whatever that is that like fills you up is so 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 important and like also necessary. And when you are in a like good headspace, you tend to have less like freak outs, you tend to like have more clarity in your decisions, you tend to be able to be like. I don't know why I'm going through all this, because, like, this isn't actually what I want. Like, yes. It, like, you tend to be able to say, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to stop. Like, um. but when you're not in that headspace, when you're so in the weeds of everything, it's so hard. Like, I would say, like, it's so hard to see the forest through yeah. the trees. Like, you're just yes. staring at the trunk in front of you, and you're yep. like,
0: okay,
1: how do I get there? <laughs> so um, yeah. that, like, self-care piece is, like, cliche as it sounds. It doesn't have to be, like bubble bath, or, so yes. like, you know, like, it can literally be whatever fills your heart Yes. Up, which are some people might be, like, tackling their to do list, whereas for others. It <laughs> might be, like, binging B- on Netflix for yep. a like,
0: yes. whatever. Yeah. Do
1: your thing. Yeah. Um, but just knowing what those things are for you can be so helpful.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just love you so much. So now <laughs> tell me about where you are in your journey right now.
1: Yeah. So we um, just finished up our second IVF cycle. Yeah. Um, Still haven't shared like where, like, kind of the conclusion of yeah. all that. We're still thinking some time for us, yeah. Um, but we're in a pause space on our infertility treatments at this point, which yeah. It's always a nice, yeah, <laughs> to not be going to constant doctor appointments, yes. Um, and yeah, like this, this second go around was definitely so so different. Um, our first students, like I mentioned before, yeah. like, and it just made me realize like the value of like your headspace and just like the ability to like figure things out and make things work and it was also interesting to just have the experience going through it like in this COVID period because we went through it the first time like you know it was really easy to like go to appointments I didn't have to worry about masks like I also didn't have a kid so I didn't have to worry about childcare when I was at those appointments um my partner was able to come to things although like he didn't really come to anything because he's a resident and he's like never home so I was just like it's always so funny to me when people are
0: like, oh, my partner comes with me to all things. And I'm like, mm. yeah, that's not, that's not <laughs> no, my
1: life, I, <laughs> even my pre-COVID.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would be
1: like, are you going to be at this retrieval? Or like, should I get somebody else to,
0: <laughs> to like pick me and up and just, make sure I get home okay? Yeah. But yeah, that's where,
1: that's where we're at in our process. Oh, that's... And, and honestly, like we decided basically mid-COVID. We are like, it'll be a really good idea going through this again. Yeah. Or yeah. like the weirdos that were like, yeah, like the clinic's just opened up. Let's give them yep, a let's call. Let's just jump in. And it's back. funny because they thought like, oh, it'll be a couple months because they're probably really back. To yeah. Patients. They're like, we can see you Wednesday. I was like, Oh, like this is, this is happening now. Cool. Okay. Okay,
0: great. Yeah. Like, I guess we're doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so great. Now you said something else that was important and I feel like it's something that I currently think about a lot. And I feel like you probably have clients that maybe work through this too. And even yourself, it's like, when do you decide that you're done with infertility treatments and I feel like I see so many different women who I'm inspired by just that share about like taking a break because it's too much or like taking time for themselves because that was something that I didn't do I was one that just wanted to keep going and keep going and not really take that time and we've spent so much time talking about like how your mental is so important but it's like at what point no matter where you might be do you decide like okay we're done with this and we're going to move forward and you know keep living
1: Mm -hmm. and I think like some of it is like honestly having a constant like gut check of like are you doing this because you you're like grasping for the like next thing or are you doing this as like an intentional decision forward and like is that coming from a place of like again that peace and calm yeah those are two very different states and I think when we're doing anything from that frantic state, it's just going to make it more frantic. Whereas, like, when we can just say to ourselves, like, yeah, I'm doing this next treatment. I feel good about it. Like, I might be scared, yeah. but, like, I might be scared that it might not work. Yeah. Like, excitement and fear can look very similar yeah. and feel very similar. Um, But, like, I'll, honestly, like, I think just a, a good gut check can really tell you very quickly of, like, should I be waiting? Like, should I be taking time? Yeah. Am I in a good space? And like, typically we know we just don't want to confront the fact that yes. no, yes. but it's like also asking yourself like, what's the cost of not giving yourself that space?
0: Yes, to yes,
1: yes. There's a big one, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, is it worth? having a baby if you're just totally running to the ground and you can't
0: yes. just enjoy that next day. Yeah, and that's, right? like, yeah, no, that's so real and I feel like that's something that so many people talk about and have to face is, like, you end up sometimes having to pick and choose, like, what's important and sacrificing other things ultimately for what you really are going for. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think so many times in this process, too, we're already, like, you know, three cycles down the road. like, and um, I've talked to a lot of clients who are like, well, maybe I should do another retrieval because yeah. we want more kids. And it's like, there are reasons that your doctor might recommend that. But for most people, like, that decision can wait. Yeah. And so, like, um, for us, like, we did our one retrieval. We went straight into a transfer, even though we only had one embryo. And yeah. I know a lot of clients were like, oh, I need more embryos. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to get one baby. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you know, start there. Yeah. And like we were 30, I was thirty. To my husband was 34 when yeah. we started dying. Okay. Um, so we were in our early 30s, um, and we were just like, nope, we're just going to have one baby, see how that goes. Yeah. Like, right? Maybe we decide, like, we don't need yeah. a million kids running yeah. around. Um, and honestly, like, we got to a place where we were kind of like, we could picture a world where we just have Mila, and yeah. we're happy with that. Yes. Um, and that's why we were kind of like, we're not going to do any more fertility treatments, we're done. Yeah. Um, and then a couple years into having Mila, we... Kind of started having the conversation where, like, like you know, how would we feel about trying for sibling? What would that look like? Because we'd yeah. always picture that for her, but yeah. it was just such a different space to be like, I could picture a life where I only have one kid. Yeah. Whereas before I would have been like, no, never, mm-hmm. they must have, you know, like, um and that was just a different place of even making that decision. But, like, yeah. okay, we're willing to try this. If it doesn't work out, here's kind of what we're willing to do. Here's what we're not willing to do. Yeah. Let's kind of see what the universe has in store. Yeah. Um, so I don't even know where, <laughs> yeah. where I was going with no, that but I, I, I think like that recognition of like you don't have to make that next decision so like I said we weren't trying to do another retrieval yeah. and then we changed our minds and we said okay we're going to do another retrieval cycle and see what happens Yeah. Uh, and like it, it was still like two years later one step at a time and I think that that's so helpful and important to like, Yeah. you don't always have to be there, like I said, there might be circumstances where your doctor's like, hey, like, if you're trying to have kids, like, you need to yep. this timeline. But for a lot of folks, especially people that I've talked to, like, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of time because we're yes. on a timeline that we've set yes. for ourselves. Yep. And I know this timeline very well because I was like, <laughs> we're going to get pregnant this, and this is going to be our baby's due date," And, yep. like, you know, I have all this stuff picked out, and I know, right, like, yep. um, but there, there is time, and there's time to change your mind and to evolve and yes. see kind of, like, how life unfolds.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and we very much started kind of living that, and it's just been—it's been nice because it's just me yes. when you're in that in that space, and of course, like you have the privilege of being in that space, yep.
0: but many yep. of us
1: do if we do like a real deep down check. Yes, um, it's
0: just it's great. Yeah, no, you're so right, and it is—it's like allowing yourself to feel what you want to feel and, like, being okay with that. Like, right now, it's, like, this struggle for me because it's, like, I know, you know, of course I want to try and give my son a sibling, but I'm also okay right now, like, knowing that I'm not ready and that, you know, I have a lot of work to continue to do on myself. We have other, you know what I mean, things that we would like to get accomplished. And it's, like, allowing yourself to know that, like, it's okay to let yourself feel and, like, kind of let that guide you
1: so much, because I always thought, like, you know, my mom had three kids, like, under three, like, we were, like, boom, 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 yeah. and so I always thought, like, oh, like, I love you know, growing up with my siblings so close, that yeah. was so great, like, that's what I want for Mila, and when we got to the yes. point where we would have been, had to try, yeah. right, I was kind of like, nope, <laughs> I'm not trying to go to the RE, I'm not trying to have a baby I right know. now, like, that's not the place that I'm in, yes. and it's been really helpful, because I feel like, in a lot of ways, the universe brought a lot of people into my life with, families that didn't look like the one that yes. I had originally pictured. Yes. And I was able to see like they were still thriving. Like yes. it was beautiful. And like that just gave me so much peace of mind of like yes. it's okay to like do what feels right. And now yes. like, you should
0: yes and I think for us women we do like we put so much pressure on ourselves and not maybe not even pressure but it's like you grow up kind of thinking and having these dreams like oh I know I'm going to have kids or oh I want to have kids by this age and then you slowly start to realize into adulthood you know if you're not one of those people where it all just works out magically and perfectly and you get married and you get pregnant on your honeymoon you know and you're so fortunate you kind of realize to almost take things as they come and yeah like you said it's like I can look at things and really I think gratitude is so important like if you can just find things to be grateful for in the moment it definitely helps
1: and I think something really important to remember is like nothing ever works out magically or perfectly for anyone yeah even the person who seems like their whole life has been easy or magical it's like yeah everyone's human no yeah. one has had like yeah. a struggle experience yes. and there are many different kinds of struggles and shapes and forms of that need yes um and I think like just um connecting that to like the pregnancy announcements that I know are often so hard for people yeah. to like see and like they're so triggering right especially like around the holidays and yes. stuff too yes. um for me something really important and helpful to have in the back of my head is like I do not know this person yeah. like I don't you know I don't know what it took to get to this pregnancy announcement yeah. and it wasn't until I started sharing my story that I had folks reach out to me and be like oh my gosh we just finished going through IVF and realized like oh that pregnancy announcement was yeah. you know an IVF yeah. they didn't plaster it all over it yeah. right it's their prerogative to not share that and I'm like there have just been so many other experiences where people have shared pregnancies and then their story doesn't go yeah. how you would expect it to go and yeah like I can still say a lot of these stories have turned out beautifully in the end, but they weren't, it was a struggle there. Um, And so that's brought me a lot of like peace and comfort whenever my brain goes to oh my gosh, like, her thing was so easy, or she's yeah. not grateful
0: for the yes. baby, or whatever, whatever, and yeah. it's like, no, girl, you don't, you
1: don't know the half it, because most people don't put their business after. Yes, no, you're, like, s- yeah, you're so, so right, and it's so this, important. This is, no girl is me talking to myself, <laughs> I had to have that con- I had to have that conversation with myself several times. I love um, it. <laughs> So I share that with, like, hey, if you're talking <laughs> my clients always joke with me, they're like, I'm that crazy person that talks to myself out loud now. And I was like, you're yeah, welcome. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you
1: so, um, I share that, like, because that's been a really helpful conversation for me to have with myself. So if someone's listening, like, being yes. able to, if you're talking to yourself out loud and you're talking to yourself down. Yeah. Doing it right. It's
0: yep. okay. Yeah. No, you're so right. And sometimes it's like exactly what you need to check yourself for a minute. Like, oh, yeah, I got this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this was just amazing. Thank you so much, Michelle. I just loved You're so getting welcome. to talk Thanks to you. so welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. This was so fun. It was so great chatting with you.
0: Oh, my God. I feel like I could keep you forever and just ask you a million questions because I'm just so interested in you and just everything you do. So I really can't thank you enough. Oh, you're
1: welcome. Thanks again. Yeah. This was really fun. This
0: has been so much fun and I know we'll keep in touch and I'm thinking of you and just, you know, praying for good Thank results you. for you guys. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much, Michelle. We'll talk soon. You're welcome. Okay. Sounds great. This is Bye, so Morgan. nice. Bye Michelle.